Welcome to Sales in the Subscription Economy, Season 1, Episode 17. I'm Amanda Northcutt of SubscriptionCoach.com, and my guest today is Anna Elwood, VP of Customer Success and Sales at Teachable. Anna uniquely holds a master's in fine arts from Penn State University and started her tech career as an early employee at ZocDoc. As the VP of Customer Operations at ZocDoc, Anna built out the post-sales operations processes and teams across three locations globally. After eight years of incredible success at ZocDoc, Anna moved to Notel as Global Head of Customer Success. And as with many of my other distinguished guests, is a member of Revenue Collective. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Amanda. We're excited for you to share some sales wisdom with us today. So with that, let's dive into the 12 questions. Tell us a bit more about your sales career, where you've been, how you got to where you are now. And though I know most of us are, of course, familiar a bit about Teachable. Sure. Um, so uh, as perhaps the intro suggested, I didn't start in sales. Um, after roughly two years as an actor in New York, I uh, decided I really didn't want to do that. Um, uh, joined um, ZocDoc and was focused mostly on customer operations. Towards the tail end of my career there, and, and I was thinking about the ways that I wanted to grow and some of the skills that I wanted to leverage. Um, I've led you know, large uh, people teams. I, um, I think I'm naturally a people person um, and have found, found myself relatively com competitive. If you were to speak to my sister, she would tell you that I'm very competitive, annoyingly competitive. <laughs> um, uh, and I certainly like to work on you know, targets and goals. Um, it's kind of just how my, my brain operates, which is probably why I did not want to do acting anymore. Mm. Um, um, so uh, I started getting more involved on the commercial side for some of our um, uh, health systems business, um, which is more of our enterprise versus SMB at ZocDoc, and um, really enjoyed that experience. Knew that if I wanted to um, end up, you know, building or leading a team like that, um, I would have to go elsewhere. Um, so started focusing more on uh, customer success, and uh, ultimately um, have started to build out uh, sales teams from scratch at my current company, Teachable. Teachable is a knowledge platform. We help um, creators and experts of any kind to monetize their knowledge um, through offering courses, one-to-one -one coaching, um, and it's a technical subscription platform uh, that people end up kind of building their businesses on top of. Uh, we're about six years old, and to date, um, you know, most of our, or I would say maybe uh, up to about six months ago, most of our acquisition was through kind of broad kind of digital events, large marketing efforts, uh, casting a very wide net. And um, um, in uh, our continued evolvement as, uh, excuse me, evolution as a company, uh, we've been clear on like kind of who our target customer is um, and kind of agreeing on what that has been as a leadership team. We started to diversify our acquisition strategies and I've started to build out um, an inbound sales team as well as an outbound sales team, um, and then kind of all the associated uh, success strategies to make them long-term successful. So that's my that's my kind of long and winding road to sales. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a switch from <laughs> acting and a degree at Penn State <laughs> Fine Arts to uh, what you're doing now. But I mean, you're clearly doing an incredible job and have kind of found your calling, it sounds like. And that sounds like such a fun stage uh, of a company to be at where you're getting to build in those systems 
uh, from the ground up and gives you, you know, a lot of leverage and control and time to experiment. Um, I would totally nerd out in, in that kind of a scenario. So I'm excited mm -hmm. for you that you get to do that. I also am a huge fan of Teachable. I point my customers there all the time, especially those who are kind of building out their first uh, kind of recurring revenue product or, you know, cool. building out a, a tripwire or course or anything. Yeah. It's such a fantastic platform and it's so easy to use. So well done with that. Thank you. If you ever want to do sales at Teachable, it sounds like you've got a knack for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, I know who to call now. Um, tell us what sources you rely to stay up to date on both sales and customer success. It's a good question. Um, so the revenue, you mentioned the revenue collective, mm -hmm. um, uh, that has been an incredible resource to me. Um, you know, it's a, uh, a network of sales and customer success professionals across the globe. And, you know, we've got kind of our own Slack channel. Um, and so I stay active in that, um, uh, a lot of, you know, resources that end up um, uh, being available to us and that kind of our shared Google Drive that I keep up to date on. I also am pretty active on LinkedIn and a lot of my, some of my old colleagues, as well as, you know, clearly people through their network have gone, kind of gone on uh, to become more like sales influencers. And so that's kind of a steady stream of information for me. Um, I think the other thing that I try to do is, um, when people reach out to me, um, like on LinkedIn or intros from other people, because they want to talk about what their experiences are and see if they can learn anything from some of my experiences, I'm always very open to having those conversations. Number one, I think it's like paying it forward. I've done that in my career and I'll continue to do it. Mm -hmm. But it's also really helpful for me to see where some of these smaller companies are at and how they're approaching things, some of the challenges that they're having. So I definitely get things out of that as well. Perfect. Yeah. Digging into your network. And I mean, I just keep hearing amazing, more, more and more amazing things about Revenue Collective. And it started in New York, right? You're in the, the home chapter, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I was, I, I joined just about a year ago. It had been going on for some time. It's definitely um, kind of really grown exponentially uh, in the last year or so. Um, but yes, I believe New York was the first one. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, tell me what your all-time favorite business books are. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Amanda. <laughs> I don't consider business books to be the most enjoyable reading. <laughs> um, um, but of, of the ones that I've read, I think the one that I always go to and that I refer people to um, is one called The Good Jobs Strategy. Hmm. Um, it's by some, I think she's like a PhD at MIT or something like that. And, and she explores uh, how large companies have, you know, changed their perception on uh, their employees and have invested more in the employee experience as, an, as a way to actually um, improve the outcome of, of their customers and their experience. And um, I have found that to be a really helpful book as I think about my teams and the culture of the teams that I want to have um, as, as a business scales. Uh, I think the second one, I'm very mission driven. I, you know, I believe in the why behind things, you know, mm. to kind of lift from Simon Sinek. Um, so is um, work rules um, yeah. from, I think he's like the VP of people at, at Google. Um, mm -hmm. So those were, those were two that came to mind. Perfect. 
Great. Uh, what changes to Teachable's projections, strategy, and sales tactics have you guys made in light of the economic challenges brought on by COVID-19? It's interesting. Um, so we have actually seen the largest amount of organic growth mm -hmm. um, in our company um, uh, during this time. Uh, and, I, and I say that you know, because I'm grateful that, um, you know, I haven't been impacted in the same way um, that other people have. Um, but, you know, I think our adjustment um, is unique because of, you know, the reverse effect uh, that I think that it's had on, on us. Um, yeah. We've always been, I think, a really good at kind of remote work, not that we did it a lot, but we're slack heavy, um, you know, we're a tech company and we're, you know, relatively small. So, you know, very nimble and adaptable. So the shift to remote work wasn't difficult for us. Um, the, uh, it definitely was challenging to kind of grapple with the large influx of, of people. I think what we ended up deciding to do was, um, you know, be more generous uh, during these times. So we offered our platform for free to healthcare institutions, government institutions, educational institutions mm -hmm. um, that you know we're grappling with trying to move to remote work, and that you know we're actively trying to um, you know help people um, um, you know during this time. Mm -hmm. And then we also you know, we've been you know generous with some of our creators who, while we've seen the highest number of sales on our platform, um, maybe understandably because people are now, you know, digesting and ingesting content um, remotely. Uh, but, you know, some of our creators have been impacted neg negatively. And so we've definitely found ourselves offering our platform uh, for free um, uh, for some months for, for individuals who, who really need it. So I think it's an, a time for us to, you know, certainly be grateful for um, kind of the reverse effect it had on us. And like I mentioned before, pay it forward and, and be generous during this time. Yes, I love that notion that you guys are in a good position to um, help others. You're, you're helping the helpers. So I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, okay, well, on the flip side of that, what's your best advice for sales teams, you know, and customer success teams who are competing in the subscription economy right now who have not had the same fortune as, as Teachable has, who are not doing so well? Yeah, um, I get a lot of cold calls and emails, and every one of them starts with, um, you know, during these unprecedented times and hope you are safe and well, but also mm -hmm. like, look at our product. Um, you know, the, the truth is like, I don't look, I, I have no problem with somebody reaching out to me um, about their product and not calling attention to like what's happening in the world. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I think we need to like be thoughtful and um, understanding, but, you know, the world, you know, continues to move and we have to move. Um, um, so, you know, I think that I would, would, would say, you know, don't, don't be so hesitant. Uh, don't be so apologetic. People still need goods and services. Um, um, so I think that, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think, honestly, I think that when there are huge upheavals in industries or in our economy, 
I think that's always a really important time. It, it, is, um, it is a shift and it's a change. And that means that you have to shift and change as well. And um, I don't think that remote work is going away. I think that we will be back in offices to a certain degree, but you know, you see with all these companies like Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, that uh, working remotely is going to be a new uh, reality. And that changes a lot about how people operate. And, um, and while it does end up closing some doors for some businesses and, you know, for some platforms, it opens up doors for others and others that haven't even been explored before. I'm a really big believer that, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, you know, is, you know, the definition of insanity. And, you know, just like look at the demon in the face and say, you know, this needs to maybe be different now. Um, And and that's a hard thing to do, but I I think it's important that we all do it. Um, Not just, when we think about our businesses and what we offer and what we sell, um, uh, but also in, in how we operate and how we lead. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's, time, it's time for a major overhaul and change. So being an agile organization and being kind of on the leading edge of that is certainly going to facilitate uh, growth and kind of emerging from the uh, recession you know, stronger yep. and, and putting in investments where they need to be. So yeah, those are, those are good words. Um, how about, how is cross-departmental communication handled at Teachable? I'm very interested in your answer to this and actually the next couple of questions, especially since you are ahead of both customer success and sales. You said you guys use Slack a lot, but how else, what other systems do you have in place to ensure you don't have those silos? Um, yeah, so there are, you know, there's a standard things like Slack and, you know, weekly you know, leadership meetings. Um, we have, you know, a uh, twice monthly all hands meeting um, where, you know, we present on, you know, key topics or updates or, you know, products that are about to launch, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's all those kind of classic things. Um, one of the things I believe a lot in is um, data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and what I've what I've found is, you know, Slack is really good for capturing Slack, email, you know, whatever the case may be, is very good for um, capturing somebody's attention um, um, with a potential specific issue or concern or, or update. But it doesn't necessarily articulate um, the, the full story. And so one of the things that we've been spending a lot of time on um, in my customer teams is being able to measure what's going on in the ground floor. So um, for our support team, uh, introducing tagging for all of our tickets so that we have uh, a strong understanding of the types of issues that are coming through mm-hmm. um, and how those things you know, shift and change as we launch new products, uh, you know, as we see volume surges and we have certain events going on. That's an incredible way, I think, to communicate needs and what's happening, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the same is true for, you know, our sales team. Um, as you can probably imagine, you know, we end up capturing a lot of information around what our competitors are doing and what their platforms offer mm-hmm. and firsthand knowledge of um, what um, our, uh, what's important to customers that we may or may not have. Um, and so all that, you know, is stuff that we end up being able to pull from, from, our, from our CRM. Um, so I think those are probably the kind of core ways that we communicate information across teams, both related to just how we operate as a team and also uh, how our, our product is operating. 
Awesome. Uh, and that seems clear that you guys are on top of all of that with a, such a smooth transition to working remotely. So well played on that. I hope other people take that same advice and are able to carry it forward to their organizations in the short term, as I know a lot of us are still really, really struggling with that jump. Um, yeah. All right. Next question that I'm really excited about you answering uh, do you think that individual members of the sales team should be held accountable for retention of their customers or where is that line between sales and customer success and who gets paid for expansion revenue? How do you think that should all work? It's a good question. I think we're still in the process of figuring it out. So um, in full transparency, I have an inbound sales team that is two AEs and mm -hmm. our outbound efforts, which are brand new, is largely a sales manager who I hired back in March, right before the pandemic. Wow. And essentially me mm -hmm. um, as we build this from the ground up. Um, and I know for a fact some of the people that we're bringing on through inbound and people that I'm reaching out to on outbound won't end up staying on the platform. Um, those, are, in my mind, are things that I'm going to have to solve for um, in, in the future based off of kind of what the inputs are. So let me take a step back. Um, right now, um, uh, I've got a list of leads that you know uh, we are working off of and that we're um, um, uh, prospecting to and hopefully converting to customers. Um, but there's a very good chance that you know these leads aren't great. You know, as I think about myself as an outbound rep right now building out this process, it's not my responsibility to make sure that these leads are good. That's Ultimately, you know, Anna, the VP of success and sales responsibility, that's <laughs> the sales ops team's responsibility. And so I think very similarly to um, how this might work at scale. Um, um, I think an AE um, is given certain opportunities. Um, and when we benchmark the success of customers that they've brought on um, to each other, unless we see egregious kind of, um, you know, diversions um, from the norm, if we're seeing that customers are, are turning, um, um, you know, I think that there are maybe more structural issues that we, we have to address that can't be the AE's fault. Proper expectation setting is really important. And frankly, I've been in an organization where that wasn't necessarily always done very well. Um, um, and I'm hopeful to create a culture where that doesn't happen. Um, um, but it's always a, a good possibility. Um, uh, we're still figuring out what activities we can do on the post-sale side to make our customers more successful. Um, and, uh, uh, and so right now we're kind of building on, out an onboarding process. So we bring on an outbound um, a lead to a customer that's handed to our onboarding specialist. And our onboarding specialist has certain responsibilities. Um, and it, there will likely come a time where there's you know, conflict going on between these two groups. Um, we haven't encountered it just yet. But I always like to assume positive intent above above all, and um, you know create a culture that um, you know um, kind of upholds that on on all sides. Um, and only if you know we're seeing a situation where that is being taken advantage of, you know, then I think you know we have, frankly have larger issues than should be clawback compensation or what have mm -hmm. you that I think need to be need to be explored. Yeah, those are all very interesting points. And that's, uh, you guys are at such a, an inflection point at Teachable with building out these inbound and outbound teams and figuring out how that transition is going to work. And that's great that you have onboarding specialists, but right. I am so big. I preach all the time on proper expectation setting. 
and recurring revenue organizations. And that has to, everybody has to have that true north. And it begins with the first time someone hears about your product. It's an end to end deal with marketing, sales and customer success and product, you know, working in lockstep. So um, I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity that you have to build that up from the ground up. And I would love to circle back with you at some point and kind of see how it's going. Sure. Um, okay. That parlays perfectly into my next question. So you want to create this culture um, on proper expectation setting. So how are you coaching your teams up on doing that? Um, well, I mean, I think it first starts with making sure that they have a good understanding of what the product is. Um, um, all of, uh, sorry, I would say, yeah, two of my, my team members that are actively selling right now uh, joined in the last couple of months. And um, because we're still brand new and frankly, because we just moved into a remote working environment, um, you know, their onboarding has very, been very unique as new employees than mm -hmm. what I would like this to be at scale. Um, but they're essentially learning as they're going. Um, uh, we are at a place where I think the tone that I'm setting for everybody is that we're building this thing together. Like this is gonna, we're gonna sink or swim together. Mm. Um, and we believe based off of what we see our competitors doing based off of the early indications of the health of some of these channels, we believe that this is going to succeed. Um, and if it doesn't succeed, that's our fault. So I think people innately feel a certain accountability and responsibility to this. Mm -hmm. And I think I talked a little bit about, um, kind of being more why focused and mission oriented. I want people um, uh, to um, uh, want this to be successful, invest their time and their energy on making it successful. I think longer term, when I think about a scaled team, you know, making sure they have a strong understanding of what the product is, you know, the key elements of it, um, uh, and making sure that you know we are setting appropriate um, uh, targets um, with you know uh, realistic uh, uh, levels of achievement, um, that they end up wanting to you know keep doing the right thing. Um, by articulating what our product is and, and how it operates. Uh, I think those are maybe some of the most fundamental things that I've seen in, in, my, in my career in ensuring that we're setting proper expectations with customers. Perfect. I mean, that's a, such a, a mark of a great leader is, is getting your team behind your vision and getting that really, really critical buy-in. And I love the team mentality of, you know, we're going to sink or swim together. So uh, that's cool. And I'm excited to see how that all comes to fruition. I'm, I'm I'm certainly rooting for you guys and I'm extreme confidence in your ability to, to carry it forward. So great job. Uh, it sounds like you guys are not in a hiring freeze. Is that correct? That's correct. That's awesome. Way to go. Um, how do you guys source talent when you are looking, you know, what can you share about what works, what hasn't, how you guys assess candidates for both skills mm -hmm. and cultural fit? Sure. Um, so um, so I've approached my, I'd like to think I've approached my hiring kind of very um, responsibly in that I've only opened up roles when I know very clearly that I need somebody and I know very clearly what it is that they will be doing. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe to give you an example, we just opened an SDR um, requisition and um, um, we, I've been with my sales manager kind of prospecting on my own to kind of understand what this process looks like, how it feels. We've seen some early success. So I know very closely like what this, this role will be and, and how it will operate. 
Um, so I can set a very clear profile um, mm -hmm. for that role. I think what's unique about, uh, and it's you know, not unique as an SDR, it's kind of a classic SDR role. I think what is unique though about where we are right now, and I mentioned this earlier, um, is you know, they are building the plane as they fly it. Mm -hmm. And that takes a different level of skill and a different profile mm -hmm. than, you know, kind of an expert SDR. I need someone that's going to hustle. I need someone that's going to be able uh, to communicate effectively, be able to articulate what our product is, um, you know, uh, be able to capture an individual's attention. But I also need them to be able to be like self-aware and self-reflective and to be a problem solver and you know to offer suggestions and contributions to our playbook. Um, so one of the things that I frequently think about when I'm hiring someone is, is the person I need an expert where I, I'm continuing to um, kind of rinse and repeat the, 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 the playbook that we've already built and now that we're scaling? Or do I need an athlete who can do a lot of different things and is comfortable with ambiguity um, and potentially shifting their focus and priorities on a, on a dime. Um, so that is kind of uh, one of the things that, that, I, that, I, that I think through. Um, the other thing that I frequently go to is just my network of people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I hired this sale, my sales manager, um, I, uh, you know, opened up the requisition for a sales manager and I got a lot of, you know, uh, applicants. Um, but Amanda, I'm going to be honest, every single applicant was male. Mm -hmm. And it, that was not something that I felt um, was an accurate picture of um, the candidate pool available to me. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I spent time on my own sourcing people through first connections, second connections, anyone's attention that I could get a hold of. And I, and I did a classic, you know, you know, improve the diversity of candidates at the top of the funnel to give everyone a, a fair shake um, and, and hopefully get the best candidate and make it more representative yeah. of, you know, the actual population of this country. Right. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and what should be the actual population of, um, you know, sales leaders and, and individual contributors um, uh, in this country and in this, in this space. Um, so that's another thing I, I think about. Um, uh, and, you know, you know, it, it, interestingly, you know, someone reached out to me right in the middle of um, the coronavirus, you know, this young uh, woman who I think was laid off from an SDR position. And, you know, she said, hey, you know, I just want to know if you guys were hiring. I, I saw a, a role, but I don't see it anymore. And unfortunately, we weren't hiring anymore. Um, but I did just open this SDR role and I remembered her. And so I went back to her and said, actually, today we are hiring. Are you still looking? Hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to kind of approach this in any kind of creative way to get the right candidate, um, you know, into, into the interview process um, versus kind of classic let's open a requisition and let's just like share it at, in all on all platforms yes yes absolutely man those are good points Anna I love that you guys are beginning with a scorecard I absolutely advocate all the time you know when you're uh, trying to fill a new position defining exactly what the KPIs or OKRs are for that position before you start asking you know clarify the question before you open your mouth basically uh, and I'm hearing you know a lot of people kind of going back to that uh, methodology uh, with 
you know, the economy being the way that it is and people being a lot more careful and measured in their approach to hiring. And I'm just sitting here thinking, isn't that what we were supposed to be doing all along? <laughs> um, so that's, that's good in a way that we're kind of going back to the, the basics. But um, yeah, I, I definitely advocate for that method of hiring. I certainly appreciate, obviously, your approach to um, looking for a more diverse team and more representative of, of what our country looks like. Uh, especially with, I mean, we're recording this in uh, June of 2020, and there is a lot going on right now uh, with regard to mm -hmm. that. And, you know, you are only my second female guest on this season of the show. And this is episode 18, 17, 18, um, 17. And, and that's tough for me. And I, I cannot stand, uh, honestly, the, the lack of female leadership in sales. I actually featured a Harvard Business Review article in my newsletter a couple weeks ago, and it was about women being the future of sales leadership uh, because of our, well, just somewhat relational, more relational innate abilities and empathy and things like that, because I'm all about down with bro sales culture. And I'm not shy about that in any way, shape or form. I feel that sales should be consultative and I want to, you know, change the way that people view salespeople. Um, and I think women are going to be a huge part of that. So glad we're on the same page to you. Kudos for that strategy. All right. Just two more questions. Unless, did you have anything to add on to that? Um, well, I'm happy to give you a list of more females that I think you should reach out to if you haven't already. I can either do that right now or I can send it to you later. But um, I agree there's not enough represent there's not enough representation along a number of different facets. And I think what you're referring to being June 2019, um, right now we're kind of like facing kind of the systemic uh, racism that this country has had for quite some time and uh, representation not only of um, um, gender and gender identity, but also of race um, is uh, and specifically um, um, uh, uh, people that are black, I think is very, very important. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to give you some names of individuals that I think you should reach out to and also make those um, intros. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that once I sign off. That would be fantastic. Um, all right. One to three pieces of advice you would give other sales VPs competing in the subscription economy. Uh, and is that any different than what you would have said pre-COVID-19? Well, I think, I think since we are on some of this, this topic, I think, um, uh, I don't think it's um, unique to uh, COVID-19. Don't think it should be unique to where we are today, but I would say to uh, sales leaders that representation matters um, and, uh, and that, you know, everyone has a responsibility for creating an inclusive and diverse environment. And um, it's not just who you hire, it's the words that you choose to use, um, how you communicate, you know, how you motivate, how um, you treat other people that I think um, really needs to be looked at on, on a regular basis. I listen to some of these podcasts very often and, you know, sometimes I listen to how we talk about stuff and I'm like, I just can't relate to this at all. And, mm. um, um, and, and maybe it's because it feels more bro-y, um, but, uh, you know, I think we we need to create an environment where people will foster be uh, will will, will uh, you know be successful and will foster um, success um, uh, and we have a responsibility as leaders to create that environment. Um, yeah. I think that's one thing. I don't know. I'll be honest, Amanda. I think that's probably the thing that is top of mind for me right now. Um, so I, I could sit here and think through you know 
in silence some additional ones, but I'll, I'll keep probably occupying my brain with that particular one. Yeah, that's great. And I'll also on this note, link in the show notes, another article I featured last week that two um, brilliant black female PhDs wrote on what businesses need to be doing right now to change the in-office or, you know, digital, virtual, whatever culture um, for the better. And so it was very actionable, practical. We can all follow this advice. It's simple. It's dead simple. And there's no excuse for not doing that. So I'm going to include that uh, as well if people are interested. Um, Okay. Last question. I'm a firm believer that sales makes the world go round and we as salespeople have a tremendous responsibility to get the economy moving again. How can we speed up that process? Um, I'm just um, thinking about, you know, some of the constraints that we have. Um, um, I guess it was yesterday it came out or was it, I forget that we officially are in a recession and we have been mm-hmm. since February. Yeah. Um, and I guess the difference between a recession and a depression is, you know, whether or not like we've hit rock bottom and we're coming back. Uh, so it seems like the economy is opening up and we're moving in the right direction, which is great. It, uh, I think the thing that I would say, and it goes back to, I think, part of our conversation earlier, Amanda, is that the, the, the world is different now. And how you get the economy moving now is not how you got the economy moving back in 2008, mm-hmm. or is not how you operated as a business before. And, um, you know, I... I've mentioned that I'm grateful that, you know, we've seen um, new, um, uh, uh, you know, record growth as a company. And that's, I think, because of the platform that we offer and uh, the product that that we offer. And I think that there is a reality where, you know, right now it's like the, the best time for innovation and entrepreneurship. I think it's been, been kind of widely um um, explored that during these times are when some of the best ideas come about. Yes. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, people who are struggling to kind of get their feet back under them, you know, um, maybe need to relook on new and different ways of, of, of making that happen. And if Teachable is a platform that uh, can help you do that, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic note to end on. Absolutely. I'll plug Teachable again. You guys should definitely check it out. I'll link it in the show notes, but it's just teachable.com. Thank you again to Anna Elwood of Teachable for her insights and advice. Check out the show notes to get all of Anna's fantastic recommendations. And you can book a 30-minute exploratory call with me from there as well. I help founders of SaaS, subscription, and online membership businesses get their recurring revenue machines running at full strength through coaching, consulting, recruiting, and as a fractional executive. See you next time on sales in the subscription economy.